Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Welcome to the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's a ball Shaw. I'm all yesterday. No guest. Our Nielsen rankings tanked. We actually received a negative four on the Nielsen ratings yesterday. You asked me that's how. A, that's alleged. How do you, you know this? Well, I, I, I know this because I got the report. Not only did no one listen, but four people who didn't have radio said if they did have a radio, they also wouldn't listen. That accounted for it. So we got a, a huge guest today. Josh Towers is going to be in. What perfect timing. He'll be in studio in 45 minutes to talk about the Manfred Rules. Major League Baseball changing the rules midseason to crack down on foreign substances by pitchers. It's been a circus so far this week, and I want to get Josh's take. Is Rob Manfred the Isaiah Thomas of Major League Baseball? Just running hey, organizations and franchises into the ground? Did you ever think it could get worse than Bud Selig? Oh, yeah, by far. Oh. And we, we've seen this. I, you know, I didn't think Bud Selig is as bad as everyone made him out to be. Let's, let's focus now, Amal, to start the show uh, on Five Sir Forum last night. Milwaukee Bucks... You were on the Bucks. You laid the seven. The line went up to eight. I thought it was a false narrative on the storyline coming in here. The Bucks had come in beneficiaries of the Nets' injuries to their two of their big three, and I thought the Hawks weren't getting enough credit because everybody was talking about the Sixers' epic collapses in those games. I watched the game. I, I followed it. I said, Amal, Amal, poor Amal. And then with 414 to go, Milwaukee's up seven. I said, Houdini's going to cover again. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. First of all, I understand your negative comments regarding the Milwaukee Bucks because of the injuries with the Brooklyn Nets. 
What about the fact that uh, Atlanta benefited from Ben Simmons' number one overall pick via Melbourne, Australia, shooting 34.2% at the free throw line? One of the worst shooting performances we've ever seen at any time, anywhere. He makes Shaq look like Steph Curry at the free throw line. This was a pathetic collapse by the Philadelphia 76ers. Not about the culture. It's about the fact that they've got a bunch of mental dwarfs on this team. They can't close out games. How do you blow 20-point leads? And also, they have one of the worst coaches in the NBA for some reason because he talks to the media whenever he addresses the media. He says, Mike, and he calls everybody by their name. Nobody calls out Doc Rivers. Mr. I can't win game sevens. But they beat two intact teams to get to the Eastern Conference Final. An oh, uber-talented New York Knicks team. Who had swept them in well, the- Are you out of your gourd? Have you been listen? I know people tend to drink a lot in Las Vegas during the day, even. Have you been drinking uber talented New York Knicks? You were on the Knicks? They swept them in the I never said they were season. talented. I was wrong on that. I'm not going to disagree it's with you obviously there. Obviously, but- a facetious comment. But I they couldn't beat tell. It, but they beat an intact Knicks team. They beat an intact 76ers number one seed in the East. Joel team. Embiid was dealing with an injury. What are you talking oh. about? How many games did he miss? I don't remember because I didn't pay that close attention to it. Was it one game? Or no, was he, he was hobbled for one, one game. game. And he was hobbled for half game. He still played right for you know, half listen, you Listen, give Atlanta a ton of credit. But the key sequence in this game, and I didn't see much of this game, was late in the game when they missed two three-pointers and they got both offensive rebounds and then they hit a three-point shot. That was the big difference in the game because I think at that point it was either a four- or five-point game and I, I couldn't see the scores from kind of far away. But it was a good opportunity for Milwaukee to get the rebound, kind of seize control of the game. They failed to do so. Yeah, I thought Milwaukee had control of the game up seven. Trey Young only makes one shot in the last four minutes. It was a key shot that took him from down. It was a, it was a floater that he got fouled on. It took him from down uh, five to down two, and they stayed in the game there. Um, Giannis in the last four minutes, two of two. Uh, from the field and two or two from the line, but really didn't assert himself. Again, Budenholzer lets his team just go down and jack up threes. Yeah, Middleton 0 for 9 last night from the three-point arc. But here's the problem, thing. I don't have a problem with Middleton shooting. I think uh, Giannis had two three-point attempts, which is better. To me, I don't want to see this guy taking another three-point shot unless it's in shoot-around or practice. There is no reason for a guy who can dominate the post in the paint not stay inside the arc. Uh, no reason for him to be floating around. By the way, nice game by Drew Holiday. He gets over that, I think it was 19.5 point total. Middleton, I thought, was a tough one to call. And Giannis, I think it was 34.5 or 33.5. We said it was kind of a tough number. 33.5. Yeah, he gets over, uh-huh. but it was a tough number. But I tell you, I could not have been more wrong on Trey Young. I was so impressed with him last night, 48 points. I thought Holiday would be able to slow him down. As did I. And he really didn't. No, he, he was I mean, unbelievable. I mean, it wasn't the most efficient. But it well, was, it's not bad, 17 for 34. Yeah. But bad from outside the arc, but very good from inside the arc. A terrific mid-range game. And this kid shows time and time again in the clutch. He's got the ability to get to the line and knock down all his free throws. Do you have an updated series price here? Yeah, I do somewhere here. I think the Hawks are now plus 170, late 210 with the Bucks. Gosh, they're still that big of a favorite. I was hoping to catch a little bit of better, better number here on Milwaukee. I still like them to win this series. Uh, probably six games. I still think the uh, Bucks are going to be a... By the way, you guys are going to get plowed with Bucks money line on uh, game number two. If you like the Bucks in six, you can get plus $3. Not a bad bet. This is the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. We're talking about game one of the Eastern Conference Finals last night. A surprise to many, including people that were at the betting windows who drove this number up to eight. Coming back now in game two or for the rest of the series, Amal, does this change your opinion? Should this number have been this high or was just a great performance by the... By the Hawks, and they couldn't close out for the Bucks. Yeah, I think it was a, a failure to close out. But you know, you have to give Atlanta credit. We saw Philadelphia do that. It seemed like in every game in that series. So there's something to Atlanta's ability to continue to fight and persevere through. 
Uh, I just don't know at the end of the day, though, if they'll be able to get through this team. You know, the better who took Atlanta. Got to give them a lot of credit. <laughs> what they saw in the Hawks, I still yet don't know. But the reality of it is they have survived and advanced, and now they're three games away from getting to the NBA Finals. We've got trouble brewing here at Circus Sports. I mean, the worst result we can have is Atlanta win the title and Phoenix win the West. Uh, Phoenix is up two to nothing, and Atlanta's got the early lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. So uh, until you get a ransom note for Giannis's <laughs> kidnapping, I think it'll be okay. All right, I thought I thought that against the 76ers too. I never laid off my uh, exact finals bet because I just didn't think the Hawks could beat them. Coaching news in the NBA uh, yesterday: Rick Carlisle signs with the Indiana Pacers, a mall four-year contract for 29 million. Good hire, great hire. Indifferent. Very good hire. This is a guy, remember, he has been around the league. Wasn't he in Indiana before? He was in Indiana he before. Was. Yeah. And then, then, of course, Detroit uh, also as well in Dallas. He's done a terrific job. I think he's a good hire. They've got a young team, young nucleus. Sabonis is there. Uh, you've got uh, Miles, um, the kid out of Texas. I forget his last name now. My, uh, I was going to say Miles Brand, but that's the yeah. NCAA head. Uh, Miles Turner. Miles Turner, uh, at, uh, he played at Texas. So I think this could be a good hire, good fit. He'll do well. He's a terrific coach. You know, he's the kind of guy that can take a team. How Thibodeau turned around the Knicks this year, I think that's what he can do. Now, you're going to need a superstar to be able to elevate this team to a Final Four team or a conference semifinal or conference finalist team. But I think he's a team that can get them going in the right direction. Are you surprised the Celtics didn't hire Carlisle uh, and let him go to the Pacers? No, because remember, Brad Stevens doesn't have any ties to Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle's days back in the Celtics were in the 80s. You know, people don't remember that. They need a program to remember who Rick Carlisle was. So it doesn't necessarily equate with Celtics uh, kind of brass, especially with Brad Stevens running things there. Also, we saw last night on the ice the Tampa Bay Lightning with a chance to close out the series and reach the finals again and a 2 nothing lead halfway through the second period. Unable to hold that lead, Islanders score once in the second, once in the third, and in overtime to force a game seven at Amelie tomorrow night. Yeah, incredible comeback. You could have gotten them at a good price. I remember Tampa was minus $12 up 2 nothing midway through the second period. Great opportunity. As well they should be. And Nobody plays better with the lead than Tampa Bay. I, I'll be honest. I was really shocked to see them squander this lead. Game lands on five once again. But this team now, boy, I said it, Barry Trotz's team. That's why I didn't take the game last night because yeah. I had the uh, Lightning to win the uh, Cup. I, I'm not convinced completely that they're going to get there, but now back at home, I think they do have a great chance. He had five. It lands on a push here. Uh, I suspect a five again. What do you think the Lightning are going to be? Probably mm, 165, 170 favorites in Game 7 of all? Uh, I would say 175, yeah. That shit sounds about right, especially at home. Uh, but By the way, how much pressure is there going to be on the team that yields the first goal, especially if you are Tampa that gives it up? You know, the Islanders, they have some confidence having come back after. They had given up, I think, 12 consecutive goals in this series. The last two in game number five. Eight in a row. Yeah. Eight, eight in a row. row and then two in game uh, last six. Two and four, last two and four. Eight in a row in game five. Yeah. And the first two in game six. I think it's a bad way to lose if you're Tampa because if you get behind, like you said, in game number seven, you know, the thoughts are going to be about how you squandered a two-goal lead in the second period uh, on the island with a chance to close it out. All right, we've got game number three of the Western Conference Finals in the NBA tonight. The news, Chris Paul will play. Looks like Kawhi Leonard will not play. We still really don't know where Kawhi Leonard is or the seriousness of his injury. When we left you yesterday at noon Pacific, this was a pick'em game, a straight pick. Money with the Paul news has started to come in on the Phoenix Suns. They are now a one-point favorite here with a total of 221.5. Yes, so I thought Chris Paul had COVID, but it appears that he didn't because he's coming back so quickly now. I would have to clarify that. Um, it's going to be tough for the Clippers. I thought they had some opportunities. How do you mentally overcome the fact that you really could have walked out of the Valley with two wins and now you're facing an 0-2 hole? 
However, this is nothing new for this team, but when they were facing these holes previously, they had Kawhi Leonard in the mix. Now no Kawhi Leonard. They'll have a real a challenge on their hands here. This series is predicated upon tonight's game. If they can win this game, this series is alive and well. If not, it's over, and Phoenix can rest up getting ready for the finals. Yeah, I I tend to look at this as Phoenix here. I don't think Devin Booker is going to shoot as poorly as he did in game number two. I mean, the Clippers had opportunity to win that game, but let's face it, the Suns did not play uh, particularly well outside of Aiton, I thought, in game number two. That was their chance to steal a game. They didn't steal it. I think they're going to be up against it here. I actually think Phoenix as a one-point favorite is a pretty reasonable price here uh, on the road with uh, with no Kawhi and with Chris Paul back. Only thing, a caution note, if Chris Paul is suffering some rust or if he has some signs of, of uh, a slowdown because he did have COVID, how does that affect it? You know, he's not probably going to see short minutes. He's going to play as much as he wants to play. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, he's the difference maker. He's the catalyst for this team. I was looking at the finals odds on uh, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. I was really surprised to see that Devin Booker was the favorite over Chris Paul to be the finals MVP. Uh, yeah, I looked at that, too. I see we have those. Uh, I think it's plus 250 on Booker and $4 yeah. on Paul. Or, or the... Yes, correct. Um you're absolutely right. Plus two twenty-five, plus four dollars on on Chris Paul. It would be Chris Paul for me all day. Yeah. Uh, Giannis, I get a plus one seventy-five simply because he's the guy for the Milwaukee Bucks. But you know, Chris Middleton has come on very strong. I still think at the end of the day, it's got to go through Giannis. Middleton at forty to one. I mean, listen, if uh, Andre Iguodala can win it, anybody's got a chance. I agree with you as well, Amal. Um, look at we said this before game number one here in the East. The Bucks tend to go as Middleton goes as a barometer, right? Obviously, obviously Giannis uh, Giannis is the is the key player on that team, and Holiday is part of their their top three. But how Middleton shoots often affects how they play in games, whether they win or lose. And last night he couldn't hit the shots. I think you bring up an excellent point. Milwaukee is more so predicated upon how Middleton performs than how Giannis performs. We know he's going to get his. But what Middleton does really determines whether they win or lose a game. We saw him in the series against Miami hit the game-winning shot. I think it was game one or two. Hits the game-winner there. He is a difference maker. Hit the clutch shot in game seven against Brooklyn down the stretch. It's going to be about what Middleton does. He He's going to be the one that tilts things, whether in their favor or against them. All right, Amal, let's play our favorite game, Eight Burning Questions. All right. this earlier when we discussed tonight's game. Clippers must win tonight. If they don't win, you think the series is over. So let's take a look at the exact at the exact price. You believe if the Suns win tonight, the series is over. For a sweep, you can bet it right now before the game at plus 260. Is this the way to bet this instead of lane one or lane 112 on the money line? Uh, no, I don't. Because so many times, even in closeout games, teams tend to be competitive. Miami was competitive for about two and a half quarters against Milwaukee. And then they eroded back to the beach there later on in that game. Um, I, I don't know. I, I w- what's the series price at right now is the big question mark that I have. Because- Nine ten. Wow, that's a big price. <laughs> yeah, that's Jeez. a pass. That's a pass. Um, plus 260 is not bad, but it's so hard to sweep a team, especially you got to win those two games, games three and four at the Staples Center. They've won nine in a row now, the Suns, right? The last three against the Lakers. Lakers four in a row and then two. Denver, yeah. and now two. But well, we saw them do this in the regular season. They had these long winning streaks. Well, it's the third longest streak in the postseason, I think, in what last about seven, eight years. Uh, Warriors and Cavaliers had streaks uh, that were longer than this. But this team is on a tear right now. They're playing extremely well. The confidence level is there. Booker, Aiton, uh, Bridges is really coming on, playing well. So this team's going to be dangerous. 
I think this should be a very fun and exciting finals because he's going to have some new blood in there. That's a, that's an interesting point. I was listening to a, a to a show this morning who said, "I thought I'd miss LeBron with the Lakers getting out. We're used to covering LeBron, but it's nice to see new faces stepping up in the spotlight." Well, I, I actually thought that, you know, we complain about this college football. Everyone says, well, it's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, et cetera, all these teams in there. Well, the reality of it is, what's wrong with the NBA not having a little bit of turnover? I know the league, I know in New York City on, on Park Avenue, they want to push all the, uh, all the big superstars. But I think it's a lot of fun when you see teams like Phoenix, who are a team, get there. Milwaukee, more of a team. You're looking at Atlanta. They're a team through and through. And, of course, the Clippers right now doing it as a collective. With the Suns having a 2 nothing series lead in the Western Conference Finals, who's the better bet for Finals MVP? Is it Devin Booker at 225 or Chris Paul at 4-1? to Chris Paul. I, I think he's the guy that's going to make this team go. The other thing is, I think there's sort of a faction of the media that acquiesces to the, uh, to the LeBron crowd, which Chris Paul's a part of the Banana Boat crew. And so to me, if it comes down to these guys being tied, I think Chris Paul is going to get it because he's a longer longevity. He's won two Olympic gold medals in 08 and 12. Um, Devin Booker, he's a terrific young player, but Chris Paul has had a lot of success in this league for a long time, but doesn't have a lot of accolades to show for it. So I think that's another thing you have to look at. I think Paul will get a slight edge in there from that perspective. Now, I don't know who's better with the media. I, I, I'm not sure. Trey Young hung 48 on the Bucks last night. In fact, he was the first player ever to have 45 points Plus and 10-plus assists in a conference finals game ever. The question, will Trey Young average over 30 points a game versus the Bucs in this series? Well, I, initially I was going to say no, but here's the thing. <laughs> the math. Well, they, well, he needs 72 <laughs> points. He needs to average 24 points a game for the next three. Let's say they go six games, right? What did you say, 30? So he's got to score 180. He still only needs to get 132 points. He's, he's going to get there. So far for the entirety of the postseason, he is averaging 30 and a half points per game. Well, he only needs 12 in the next one to average it for, <laughs> for this so far. So, We asked this question after game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals against the 76ers. I asked you, can the Hawks continue to shoot better than 35% from three and win this series against the 76ers? So I asked you again, in this series against the Bucks, can the Hawks shoot better than 35% from three? Yes. I think so, but I don't know that they will because I think Milwaukee's defense, if they play the way they did on the arc last night, then it's going to be a challenge. But remember, this is a team that gets hot. They're very difficult to stop, particularly at home. Is now the time to get on the Hawks as a series bet? As we said, it's minus 210 right now on the Bucks. If you still like the Bucks, you can get plus 170 on the Hawks at this point. Uh, I still like Milwaukee here at this price. I think they're the better team. Uh, I, I think they're going to win this series. Might be six games, but it might be five. I, I still think it's going to be very difficult for uh, Atlanta to knock off the Bucks in a seven-game series, barring you, injury. All right, if you like the Bucks in this spot, and we take a look at these exact prices, can you hedge it a bit right now with Hawks in seven at plus eight to one? It's not a bad play. Yeah, that's right. a, yeah, it's a really good play to be able to hedge off if you're looking to do that. That's not a bad play at all. All right. And you don't think they're going to win this in six. I mean, the, the only way you lose that bet, obviously, is that if, if, the, if the Hawks win this series in four, five, or six, which yeah. uh, would be pretty tough to do. Uh, let's talk about the NBA draft, because here on, at VEASAN we love drafts. Is there any value in betting on the first overall pick in the NBA draft? Cade Cunningham, quite a value here at minus 2,000. That's a big move, Amal, up. From minus $8 just a day ago. Yeah, I think it's too big of a move. Cade Cunningham is terrific, but he is not a franchise cornerstone player. He's a great player. He's going to be probably a guy that is a number one on a weaker team and a number two on a very good team. 
Obviously, he's going to go to a weak team based on where he'll get drafted, but I don't think it's a slam dunk that people think it is. To me, I think he's a guy that you don't lay at minus 2,000. This is not the Trevor Lawrence situation. Completely different. Cade Cunningham, terrific shooter, great free throw line shooter, about 84, 85% clutch shooter down the stretch. If you watch Oklahoma State, his ability to close games, absolute difference maker. Uh, but I think Evan Mobley is a guy you have to keep an eye out for because Evan Mobley can give you contributions on both ends of the floor. Cunningham, though, because of his size and his length, really presents some problems as a point guard in terms of being able to look over the defense. Would you look at this from a betting perspective, trying to go against Cunningham here and find one of these other choices? Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, all at 16-1 to 1 right now. Uh, Mobley would be the guy I would look at at 16-1. to 1. It's not a bad price. Um, it, Suggs, to me, is dangerous. He's a great athlete. Remember, this guy was the Minnesota High School Football Player of the Year to go along with being the Basketball Player of the Year, led his team to a national title game, came up a little bit short against the Bears. But if it's the right team, I, I think he's kind of a poor man's John Morant slash um, De'Aaron Fox. Great speed, great quickness, but I would argue he's tougher and stronger than both of these guys. I was listening to the show before ours driving in this morning, uh, your friend Patrick Maher and my friend Michael Lombardi. And Michael Lombardi thinks that Jalen Suggs would be the, the top option if it's not Cunningham. He thinks Suggs is thought of very highly in NBA front offices. Well, I mean, that, that's fine. I, I, you know, maybe he has information from an inside perspective. I'm just going based on what you look at. Evan Mobley is a night. He's a matchup nightmare. He can go out to the perimeter. He can go inside, outside. He can do it all. He's he's uh, he's what I would call just to give people who haven't seen USC play much last year. He's a poor man's Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, but he's a better shooter probably from the perimeter than Giannis is. Uh, better at the free throw line for sure. He's a guy that can be dangerous, and I think as he'll develop his shooting prowess, he'll be much more effective. I think he's a guy that you could draft. And you could put him in with somebody like a, like, let's say, for example, you coupled him with a DeAndre Ayton type. This guy could be very dangerous at the four. Will his brother get drafted as well? Yeah, Mobley, his, his brother, <laughs> is another big guy. He's going to be drafted, but later on, maybe, I, I think we'll probably go in the first round because of his size. But to me, he's probably uh, a guy that could go in the second round as well. Of these four, Cunningham, Mobley, Suggs, and Green, which one has the highest risk of being a, quote, bust? You know, I, I can't speak to Jalen Green because I never saw him play. And I know these guys go in the G League. But I, I have to tell you, from a marketing standpoint, it's a huge mistake. Zion Williamson never signs the big deal that he does with the shoe contracts if he didn't play at Duke. You get that visibility. Nobody knows who Jalen Green is unless you're just a hoops junkie in terms of by name. A lot of people know him from recruiting circles, but they've never seen him play unless you watch the G League and you're a big fan of that Ignite team or whatever the hell they have down there. Where will your favorite free-throw shooter, Ben Simmons, play next season? 76ers <laughs> are favored at minus 125. The Wizards, plus $2. Trailblazers, plus $3. The Lakers, 10 to 1. Thunder, 10 to 1. Warriors, 20 to 1. To uh, help your guy, Michael Lombardi, out, he's a culture killer, <laughs> so he's going to be staying in Philadelphia. By the way, in Philadelphia, you can kill cultures. The fans will get along with you. They'll throw things at you. You can throw things right back at them. And to me, he will stay there. Nobody's going to want this guy. You saw Stephen A. Smith's comments about saying this guy doesn't work. You think people in the NBA don't know that? I mean, it, just because Stephen A. got a text about it doesn't mean the people in the front office of, le of the league, they don't know that he doesn't work. I don't think anybody takes him out. But this is the NBA. So I'm sure he'll get traded for a, a bag of practice balls and somebody else on a bad contract. It's amazing sometimes the trade trades you see that go down. How do they approve these things? And then the most burning question of all, where will Damon Lillard play next season? He can lay 33-35 if you think he's staying with the Blazers. Well, it's a terrible number to lay, but he's going to be back with the Blazers because it's too big of a number when you see uh, uh, the influence that he has on this team. And I like him a lot because he's not a guy that complains. Every other player wants to be traded. Well, well LeBron's probably complaining right now. I need help. Anthony Davis isn't good enough. He's a top-five player. Golden Knights Habs from Montreal. We'll preview that game next on the Nuts.
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Well, welcome back into the nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. In 20 minutes, we'll have Josh Towers, former Major League Baseball pitcher, World Series ring winner with the New York Yankees. He'll be in studio. We're going to talk about Rob Manfred's new rule about foreign substances for pitchers and why everybody's swinging 3-0 and with the bases loaded in Major League Baseball these days. I'll answer that question without Towers being here because they don't pay you for walks and they don't pay you for singles, but they do give you <laughs> extremely ludicrous contracts for hitting 40 homers. But when your team's down... Two to one in the top of the ninth. You have the bases loaded, and Aroldis Chapman's thrown 11 straight balls. You want to swing at the next pitch? I am not, but I'm sure some selfish prick would. <laughs> A little strong. 
Okay, Amal. It's true. I know you're one to mince words, but uh, <laughs> let's talk about this game in Montreal tonight. Game six, very important for everyone here behind us, everyone in the city. A lot of sports books around town, a lot of businesses around town here. Vegas Golden Knights have to try to fend off elimination tonight by the Montreal Canadiens. <sighs> Amal, are you surprised this high price is as high as it is still? Uh, no, I, I am not actually. To me, the price should be higher in favor of Montreal right now. Minus yeah. 170 on the Canadians. I don't think it's a bad price I mean, still to take them. I, I'm not sure that the Knights should be a dollar fifty favorite on a road in this. I mean, I don't know that. I guess with Montreal with a limited number of fans, it's not as going to be as big a home ice advantage. You still get the last change, though, which is a rule in hockey. It's like baseball. You get the last at bat and getting the last change in hockey. In a football stadium, there's no rules that, you know, rules of how the game is played that favored or in a basketball stadium. But in baseball and hockey, there are where there's a strategic advantage uh, built into the home team. Well, let me ask you this, though. How much do you think last change matters? If you think about this, okay. So for people that are unaware of what the rule is exactly, when you are the home team in hockey, when the team that is the visitors puts their players out on the ice, you have the ability to align or match up with what they have out there once they've done their, they've completed their change. But remember, during a, during an icing situation, you're not going to be able to do that. During a power play, you know who you're going to be putting out on the ice. Starting a period, you have an idea of who you're going to be putting out on the ice. So to me, it, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't think it weighs into that as much. Look, it's going to come down to can they beat Carey Price. And I've got a couple of plays today coming up in the playbook, Mike, that and, deal with this game. That's more. I have one play today. And well, it's a Thursday. You know, it's a light day in baseball. I looked at the schedule. I already I knew. couldn't find a baseball play today. I couldn't either. I, could I, not, I, I, I searched. I, I could sure. not find well, a baseball one I had, play. I, the one I did have, but we were already on air when the sh- uh, game started. Was, was the was Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. yeah. Run line. Yeah. Right? It, it was yeah. at 110. I thought it was a good play on them. They come from behind last night. Gary Sanchez with the homer. So, for me, um, there was not anything in baseball. One of the force, but a couple of plays, and I'll get into it a little bit later on, why in this particular game I like taking both of these plays that I have. All right, uh, to me in this series, let's look at back a game by game. It, Vegas was the better team. Outside of the first 10 minutes of game one, the Knights were the better team. Correct. In game two, Montreal was the better team for two out of the three periods. Vegas Agreed. rallied in the third. Agreed. Game three, the Golden Knights were the better team. Fleury made the mistake. They should have yes. won that game. Game four was the most dominant game by either team. Montreal. Montreal, and they lost the game in overtime. Price gives up the, the a, a softish goal late. And they lose in overtime. And then Montreal was the better team again in Game 5. Yeah, absolutely right. And I'll tell you what. I feel like they capitalize on their breakaway opportunities better than any team I've seen in a while. You know, Tampa does a great job with Braden Point when he gets out out on open ice in terms of scoring. But this Montreal team really takes advantage of their opportunities. You think about their defense, their long defensemen, the long sticks, how they disrupt your game. But they have some kids with speed, and they take shots. They take shots, and they hit these, like Caulfield, they hit these kids... And they score. They put it in the back of the net when they get a two-on-one or a breakaway. What they're doing extremely well is they're getting the puck elevated. That, that has been the key. They're going over the shoulder of uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Who are you starting tonight? Oh, stop it. Who You're you suggesting to go back to Leonard? Who, who was on the broadcast with Patrick Sharp and uh, Liam McHugh yesterday? Um, I, uh, he said they should start... Uh, Leonard again? Yeah, they should start Leonard. I don't think so. I'm just asking you. I'm not, I'm not telling you. Listen, for who me... Who do you think they should start? I think they should start me. If you're Pete DeBoer, who do you start? I start Amal Shaw. I hate to go third person on you. You cover all the net. You get the high. You can't beat your high. I got the Canadians. I'm letting 20 goals in. You're so (laughs) tough. Are you kidding me? Uh, I I don't. I mean, did you think Fleury? Maybe one goal, but I mean, they beat him with this passing to where they have a whole open side of the net and they're just converting on him. By the way, that first goal given up by the Vegas Golden Knights is on Nick Holden. Puck gets blocked by uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. 
and then he gets beat to the puck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he just stood there watching. It was an empty net. You could see it. I was sitting there watching. I'm going, who's going to win the race here? Is it going to be a Knight or is it going to be a Canadian? Boom. Knights need to get more people in front of uh, in front of Price to block his vision because when he sees these shots, he's given up one goal when he sees the shot. I mean, when he has clear vision on these shots, you're not beating him. You know the one thing that I don't think TV really shows you when you're in watching a hockey game? Yes, they sit there and say, you know, Al McGinnis used to shoot a puck, what, 90, 100 miles an hour? But the reality of it is, if these goalies aren't screened, they're going to stop 99 out of 100 shots that are coming at them. It's unbelievable. Every once in a while, one will get past them. When we come back, we'll see Mike Palm. I'm one play for the day. Amal Straw says he has multiple plays. And we'll also take a look at who Amal likes now that we have the draw for the European Championships. That's next on The Nuts. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows, including Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, My Guys in the Desert, and Lombardi Line with VSIN Best Bets. Download Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, Hardwood ha- Handicappers with Jonathan Von Tobel, Long Shots with Wes Reynolds, Matt Newmans, and Brady Cannon, Gone Racing, Jeff Motley. Uh, and Brendan Gaughan, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. I'm going to start with the Palm Reader Playbook today. Amal, I only have one play. I, I searched, you know, I thought about playing the Suns tonight. Um, I probably end up playing them anyhow. Uh, I can't take the Suns tonight. No? I, I got to see how Chris Paul is. I, I, that's an in-game. Do you play. have a, you have a series bet at all in this? You have any action? I, not going on this the series? Western Conference. No. You have anything going with the an NBA Finals that it's involved in? No, I'm going to take mm-hmm. Milwaukee to win the series against Atlanta probably at some point in time. Okay, I, this my play is this game against the Canadians. I mean, both these two semifinal matchups uh, with Tampa Bay and the Islanders, and then of course the Knights and Canadians have been a first period under betters dream. Yeah. Uh, I think you only lose two or three times total in it. Uh, you always caution me to do this so you don't get beat on a bad bounce like first 10 or first five, no goal. I think we're going to do it again. This series especially, though, where there are very few scoring opportunities in first periods of games, very few. In fact, the Knights have only been getting four or five shots on goal in the first period of these games. So I'm going to stick with it. I'll lay the 140, and it's going to be a two-unit play today in the playbook. And now, since you have more plays than I do, we'll let you go last. Yeah, I, I doubled you up. <laughs> Two, uh, two instead of one. Real quick, I want to go back to your play. Uh, you know, perfect example yesterday, Braden Point scored on a very fortuitous bounce that went to Victor Hedman, and he puts it in, gets the puck elevated, and then we see uh, Matthew Barzell comes down the ice. He took a shot, and I'm sitting there thinking that one and a half is in serious peril there. He absolutely elevated over the goal, but would have had a chance to get that thing level in the first period. Uh, two plays also involving hockey tonight here, starting out with the Golden Knights, shots on goal, under 31 and a half. couple things to keep in mind here. First of all, in the five games, Vegas has exceeded this number only one time, and that was a game, it was in game number three that went to overtime, but they'd already exceeded it in regulation. But it's Montreal's defense that has been tremendous uh, in terms of negating their opportunities. What will beat me here is if this game goes to overtime, in my opinion. I don't think Vegas is going to get 32 shots in regulation uh, and if they have a lead, particularly a two-goal lead going in the third period, even better because you probably wind up with only about three shots. So remember, if you take a shot and it goes uh, to the side of the net or you miss, 
doesn't count as a shot on goal. It's just a regular shot. So statistically, uh, check on NHL.com to verify your stats if you're betting on this one. And then Max Pacioretty, no goal, to, n- not to score a goal. Minus 180, Mike. I think that's a pretty good price. Boy, they're extremely confident. They're acting like this guy's Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl out here. He's got one goal in the series. I mean, he's not Braden Point. He's not putting up a goal in nine straight. What are they talking about? Interesting. Pretty decent price on that. I, I don't think Pacioretty's a lock. Now, I say that he'll probably go out and have a hat trick. But so the you mean to tell me to score a goal? He's only getting back like 155? Yeah. Come on. I mean, what, what do you think this is? Cristiano Ronaldo? I mean, he's not going to be at the spot. They're like, okay, go ahead, line the ball up and go ahead and put it in. Uh, tomorrow night at Amelie, game seven of uh, the other semifinal. Lightning are a 170 favorite here. Five is the total. I'll tell you what, if John Cooper loses this one, he's going to make my other John Cooper list. I got them at plus 140 to win the cup. Uh, he's playing, excuse me, his team has played well. Very disappointed yesterday. And you know what? I, I'm mad at myself. I should have taken the Islanders. Down 2 nothing plus $9? Yeah, I don't need the reminder, buddy. I, I got it. I, I know what I missed. Minus 12 on the on the other side there with the Lightning. I, I didn't think they were coming back. I really didn't. I was. You know how I know? Like, I'm usually really good at one thing. I know in a game, if, I, if I'm going to win or if I'm going to lose, depending on how it's going. I remember at a college basketball game last year, and I was telling Jacob a couple days ago about this. Team was getting four points on the road. They're up 15 with 15 minutes to go. It's Manhattan at, uh, I'm sorry, Niagara at Manhattan. And I said, I'm in trouble in this game. I had another game that day, laying two, up four. And I go, this game's a winner. It's the same thing with this Lightning game. I really thought, Mike, this game was over. I didn't think they were going to be able to come back, and I completely misjudged it. When it went to 2 nothing, I switched over to the Dodgers. Yeah, uh, because I want, Yeah, I wa- but I wanted to see Josh Towers' favorite pitcher, Trevor Bauer, in a big spot for them to try to turn around that series and salvage a game. Gave up, pitched well, gave up three solo home runs, right? And the Padres just played better. My God, is Petco electric. Oh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, they went from going there for the food and beer and wine to actually watching these games and getting excited about their Padres. By the way, I benefited yesterday for a couple of runs from the Padres early on because I missed the seven, seven and a half, got the eight and a half. It turned out to be a winner. I was sweating that eighth inning. Uh, I was wondering what was going to happen there. By the way, well, what was Turner doing? What's he doing looking the runner back to second? That really I, I didn't that. see any of it. I, oh, okay. I was following it on my phone. But, um, you know, dream playoff scenario for Josh Towers is Trevor Bauer, his <laughs> least favorite pitcher against you, Darvish. His Are you favorite kidding me? pitcher. He, he would be like, I'm, I'm taking you at minus 1,000. Let's take a look at the updated Con Smythe uh, prices now. Um, Carey Price now your favorite. Very interesting here at plus 275. Well, I don't know, because of the Tampa loss last night? Right. Now, okay. all of a sudden, Mon- and Montreal having won, now they look like they may be in the finals, and maybe they get the Islanders. Kucherov at 4-1. to one. You still like Braden Point. It's got to be Braden Point at this four point. 4-1. Nine straight games with a goal, Mike. Think about that. Vasilevsky now up to 550. He was yeah. $4. Varlamov back into the picture. He was off the board. He's plus 650. Barzell, 750. <laughs> Peter Angel, come on. Seven fan. And Fleury at 11.50. Interesting. Well, I would take Fleury based on the price if you believe the uh, Knights are going to win the series. I still want an investigation into this Alex Petrangelo prop bet. This is a joke. This is like sitting there saying we're going to have an offensive lineman this year for the Heisman Trophy. Are you kidding me? Alex Petrangelo? I mean, isn't he the guy that was with the St. Louis Blues at one time? Yes. Yeah, I mean, give me a break. Yes. Alex Petrangelo. uh, Wow. This is this has got to be a joke. Um, Barlamov ahead of Matthew Barzell because if the Islanders win, it's going to be on the back of Simeon Barlamov. Vasilevsky, depending on how he plays in the finals, I'm assuming they get there. Braden Point. Here's the problem with Point. As well as he's played, he's got to have another electric series 
against the uh, cup uh, against the Canadians or the Knights to be able to get it. If I didn't have a bet, I'd take Vasilevsky and Flurry right now. Those I would tend be to agree with you based bets. on the pricing. Those would yeah. be my two bets. Okay, I want to. We're done with uh, we're done with the uh, the pool play, and now we know the bracket of sixteen for the European Championships. I want you to take a look at the odds again to win it. Now that you know the matchups, an interesting game too on I think Sunday Germany uh, England should yeah. be a very interesting Mon- Monday. Game. Monday. Who do you like in that matchup? England, a slight favorite there. It was funny. I saw that matchup, yeah. and it reminds me. I, th- I think it might have been 2010 or t- uh, 2006. Frank Lamp- It was 2006. Frank Lampard had a goal that would have tied it at 2-2 against the Germans with VAR. Now it would have been overturned. It would have been a good goal. It would have changed the entire dynamics of that one. Um, I am leaning towards England. I am as well. I, I just think up front with uh, Rashford should get on the pitch. So we saw Ster- uh, Sterling, of course. Uh, this team, uh, Harry Kane, I think they're going to be dangerous. The back line's got to play Who's well. Man City's going. Who's going after Harry Kane? They're going to pay him like a billion dollars. I saw somebody's making a big pitch. They can for have him. Harry Kane. Would you take Italy at six to one? Eleven clean sheets in a row. They've got a great chance because you get into the PK situation. Pick teams to advance, not necessarily to win. Up next in studio, the big nasty Josh Towers. <laughs> Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boost, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRiver Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9 with a Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. And Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. On my left, Amal Shaw. On my right, World Series champion Josh Towers. I've been waiting all week to ask you about the new rule in baseball. We have a new rule? As Mad Max calls it. What's the new rule? The Manfred rules. No foreign substances for the pitchers. First of all, Tuesday night uh, in Philadelphia, Girardi... Bottom of the fourth, comes out. Alfonso Marquez, hey, he's going to his head. He's going to his head. He's going to his head. Check Scherzer. And we start the magic mic now on the mound in Major League Baseball. As they come out to search these pitches, everybody's going to zip their pants down. They're going to show show they're hiding nothing. How absurd is this, one, one, to implement a rule change midseason, and two, to implement this specific rule change? Why couldn't you guys ask me to come in at 11? (laughs) I mean, you know what I'm saying? Take it away. We only have two more questions anyhow for the 11 minutes. We're not going to get through two more questions. (laughs) Um, Well, first off, yeah, implementing rule change in the middle of the season is kind of dumb. Second off, um, all they're basically using is the same stuff the hitters use every day. So if it's illegal for us, then technically it should be illegal for them. Um, Third, yeah, no doubt we can't use anything. We all know that. It's not like all of a sudden, like, oh, we're not supposed to put anything on our hands and get a grip on a ball. I get you. Uh, Girardi... I guess, you know, what's funny, and you don't sell nobody out in this game and in this world. I don't, I don't believe that you do that. But it's, uh, it's okay when my guys are using it. Just don't use it against us. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. It's okay when our guys need to get a grip on the ball. We're, we're blind out of that. Crazy disrespectful, what they're doing. Um, and they're, they're slowly every day crossing more and more lines, Mike. Um, baseball's in a bad spot. I, I wouldn't. Like, I would love to see pitchers, just pitchers, just strike. You know what? We're good and just not show up for work. Because That'd be great. It would be awesome. Um, I know I'm not supposed to use anything. And if I get caught, I get caught. I'm not going to all of a sudden use something when I know you guys are watching, by the way. And then to be able to check me in the middle of 40,000 people and millions watching in the first inning. You know, I'm going to check you in the third because you might have put something else on your hand. You know what? I'm going to check you again in the fifth. Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, you just check me whenever you want randomly. So for these guys to, to, to take their hats off, throw their glove, put their pants on the ground, 
Um, I think they should make a mockery of this. I think they should completely throw this in the face of Major League Baseball, the commission, uh, managers like Girardi. Um, you know, if you just play better and actually teach your guys how to pitch and you don't lose so much, then you probably wouldn't be as mad. So I'm glad that the Nationals won that game. I'm glad they came back and won last night too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of problems and issues that this is going to cause. The I was dead serious one if they were to check Shohei Otani yesterday that that, that everybody should have just quit at that point because of of knowing Japanese cultures and how they don't do anything like that. Again, the clown in Oakland who thought he threw at him on purpose after he apologized. Like they don't do that stuff, right? So that would have been the line crosser. You've already checked Jacob Degrom. Uh, we should have not went there to check Max Scherzer three times, who's a Hall of Famer, who's one of the only dudes in the history of the game that actually got a huge contract and wanted to actually thank them by playing good afterwards and exceeding it and exceeding it. Like I just think that the lines are being overly crossed. And then Major League Baseball, the Otani thing would be the the, the, the the tip of the iceberg for me if they checked him. That would be the tip. But they they almost got there yesterday when my boy, Tyler Magill, made his Major League debut, pitched really well for the Mets, gets pulled before he can even get a win in, in four and a third or two-thirds. They check him coming off the field when he's out of the game. Like, we're stooping to all new highs and lows with Major League Baseball. Um, you guys, here's the deal. I told you the hitters will get better once minor leagues start. They have. But the reality is, is these hitters' approaches to baseball are god-awful. They don't know what they're doing. They don't care to get better. They don't care about being Ted Williams and Tony Gwynn, guys whose name. They don't care. You can do all you want. It's not going to help hitters get better at the end of the day. And we have to understand that. That if I don't have pride in my job, it is what it is. But stop trying to find something like this and 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 act like or sell to the public that that's why we're having success because it's not it's 100 and it's not cheating we're not doing it to to manipulate the baseball we're talking to josh towers former major league baseball pitcher you can find him on twitter at no don't josh a great follow i want to follow up with this i thought the most relevant comment this week was clayton kershaw what's he say he said it should be like hockey if a manager wants the umpire to check a pitcher and the pitcher's not using anything there should be a penalty to that manager they lose an out they should have their next batter should be out. That's that's it, what yeah. So Will Will Middlebrook said the same thing on Twitter, I think, yesterday. Some to the extent of yeah. it's like a challenge, and if yeah. you lose, you lose. Um the offset is, and and gotta be fair with this, is I can put something on every inning if I wanted to. So you check me in the first, I can go put something else on the second, knowing the liability that do I really want to check him again? That's why I thought what Scherzer did was genius. Romo and Scherzer both undoing the pants and Romo pulling the pants down was funny. And Major League Baseball deserved it. I wish we would have saw the sliders because then it really would have pushed the, the limits of a you can't do that. But I thought Max Scherzer was the best, where Max is just on the bench holding his glove and his hat up the whole time in between the inning, just holding up, going, look, I'm not doing anything. Here's my hat. Here's my glove. I'm not putting anything on, and I'll just hold this here. Obviously, I'll get tired of my shoulders doing that. But I thought that was the best part. Like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to, like, Indian style, sit on the batter's? circle right outside on the field so you guys can see me like what do you what do you really want from us he said it wasn't hot enough that i was sweating on my neck so i could go to my neck that's why i had to go to my hair it was the only part i could get any moisture to control the ball and and i think everybody can relate because um outfielders first basemen they put stuff on their glove all the time for traction uh and ask those guys in the outfield when they got to come up and make a throw and they sell the ball all the time how easy it is but they're doing a little bit more fast paced I can't emphasize enough a thousand times over. I told you guys, it's, I just want to get a grip on the ball. They don't understand that if I want to cheat to make the ball move, if I really want to create more movement, more depth, 
it's not pine tar. It's not whatever this nonsense is that they're trying to act like we use that's like can hold a brick out of your hand. Like, it's none of that. Um, it's the little genius moves to where and how we scuff the baseball or whose assistance I ask on the field to actually scuff the baseball that creates the movement that I need to give me a true advantage on you. And Major League Baseball, they're, they're not wise enough to understand that. You know, you brought up the point with the – I remember you made this point about four years ago on VEASAN. The baseballs, every ball has a different feel. You know, oh. you want – I mean, talk about that a little bit for people that aren't familiar with it as to why this thing happens and why pitchers tend to maybe put a foreign substance on a ball. And we're, we're getting a lot of these things thrown at us too by, by conversations with uh, pitchers to the media. Again – well, how many balls we go through? I think a ball lasts like two pitches or three pitches on average. I think it's, it's how all it is. It's something very minimal, um, and so we're going through dozens and dozens of balls a game. Now these guys don't want to take the time to rub the balls up. You know the umpires have that responsibility with whatever mud we use from wherever, or they'll ask the bat boys, uh, or during the game the bat boys or some clubhouse attendant has to go rub up more balls. Um, sometimes it was our our bullpen catcher that would rub them up as well. And at some point, and I do it for the high school here. At some point, I kind of get, sign your autograph 500 times in a row. And tell me how, when it starts getting sloppy, right? At some point, I kind of get tired and I, I, I put less effort. And then there might be a little glob of something on this side, but the rest of it's white. The ball's slippery. Um, I always tell people, that's why I don't throw sinkers uh, during flat ground. When I play catch and then we sit down and I'm doing my flat ground work. That's why I won't throw sinkers because we play with relatively new balls and it's going to cut instead of sink. And so it's going to mess up my catcher who's ever playing catch with me. It's just what the balls do when they're not, when you don't have a grip, when you don't feel, when they're, I think these balls are white, they're slippery. Um, there's a lot that goes into this. And, and, and again, for me, the most would be the relievers. You're catching the, the worst rubbed up, the least rubbed up balls of all. And what are you going to do? So it's just, there's too much. If, if Major League Baseball really wants to help us, They'll create one mud, they'll get one place, they'll hire somebody for every single team ever um, and make them rub up X amount of balls the entire game. One guy has to do it the whole time, and let's create some consistency because, again, the rosin bag that you give us, y'all, it doesn't do anything. Speaking of relievers, your guy, Jacob deGrom, having an all-time season is the ERA of .50 right now. Think about that. Think about that. Every 18 innings, he gives up an earned run. Every two starts, if you put it. But, there, you know, we've tried to beat DeGrom in the betting market because of the pricing, right? You know, you like Dar- to, Darvish, yeah. forget it. Corbin Burns, throw those tickets out. Woodruff, throw those tickets out. You don't like winning if some, tickets on Darvish? If, some, if, something, <laughs> if <laughs> something happens to DeGrom, he can't finish the season, right? I mean, if yes, he finishes sir. the season, he's a Cy Young. Isn't the next most likely candidate actually Craig Kimball right now? He's having an unbelievable season that's going under the radar. He's having a great season, um, and the answer is no. He's 100 to 1 right now. It's beautiful odds, right? Just a couple <laughs> bucks on that. Uh, pitching, ERA, Jacob's really good. Uh, no, the answer is no and no again. He's having a phenomenal year. But the reality is, is we, he hasn't been talked of about enough through the media, through ESPN, through any of these outlets. His name is not the topic. Jacob's is the topic. So even if Jacob, something unfortunately bad were to happen and he couldn't finish, we would start going down to like a Gosman or something, uh, somebody else whose name we know. That was the name I was going to say, Kevin Gosman. Yeah, and it terrific. would still take a lot because at that point, now we're going to have debates and arguments. It would have took Kimbrell's name popped up as a dominant guy already in order for, because it's a popularity contest yeah. on, on, you know, outside of the obvious too. So I think Kimbrell would be out on that. 
based on that alone, unless he went and saved 12 games a month for the next three months. Yankee Stadium. Yes, sir. Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. Okay. Yankees lead the A's 2-1. to one. They bring in Chapman, top of the ninth. He walks Lowry. He walks Kemp. He's 3-0 and on Sean Murphy. He's thrown 11 balls out of 12 pitches. How is Sean Murphy swinging at the next pitch? Uh, again, like we just talked about, because they don't, there's no approach to the game. There's no understanding of the game. There's not. There's none of that. Like common sense says that his back's against the wall. Let's stop. Let's let like make him earn it. But no pride says I'm going to get a pitch. I'll hit it. Stay tuned to Beeson up next. Betting across America with Mike Pritchard and James Salinas. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today.